Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. I am excited to talk to this gentleman who I've known for several years. He is an education coordinator for charter schools at the LA County Office of Education, but I know him as worship leader at the Branch Church. I just want to say I'd like to introduce to you to David Downing. David, welcome to the podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. There are so many things I could talk about what you've done, and I know you're a coordinator at the LA County Office of Education, but your bigger field is music. Okay, well, I have to go back to my, uh, I promise to keep uh, brevity in mind, but I I have to go back to my childhood because I I became a Christian when I was five years old, and um, that was about the same time that I started studying music, started with uh, Taking piano lessons when I was when I was a youngster and uh, was always singing in church and in children's choirs and that was something that just continued on and I added brass instruments as I went through school and that brass the brass instrument actually I started with a trumpet and wound up with a tuba in my hand and uh, I continued to study and play that instrument until I was well into my 20s, all the while continuing to sing at church, sang in choirs, sang solos when I was requested to do so. But my main focus was uh, instrumental music for from the time I got into middle school on through college. And I got about halfway through college as an instrumental music major, performance major. And then I got an offer to play for um, uh, actually operate, run a brass quintet, the Long Beach Symphony Association, which I did for three years. And I did a lot of freelance work during that time and played. And while I was doing that, I started studying voice. My, my teacher at the time urged me to go and try out for this show. And I had no idea, I, I had no intention of doing that, but she, uh, she had been very kind to me, and so I said, yes, I'll do it. I went and auditioned. I got cast in a, an English opera. Or I fell in love with it. Over the next year, doing that, I, I switched my major. I went back to school, and I finished my degree, my bachelor's degree, as a voice major, and later on did a master's degree in opera performance, and then went on to do that for about 15 years. So my faith always was always a part. Um, I feel as though um, I believe that God as God gave me the talents that I have. And I felt like uh, discovering them, working on them and um, using them was my job. Rather than having something lie dormant or not using it, I wanted to wanted to do my best with what I had. And it's always felt as though if I wasn't doing some sort of music, um, there was something missing. The next question really is what 
type of current projects do you have going on? And I know the major project that you have right now is you are the ongoing worship leader at the branch in Long Beach. How did the pandemic in general impact how you led worship? That's a great question. Uh, That was a very interesting process uh, in that I had played on the worship team, played and sung on the worship with the worship leader for several years, but then was uh, asked to take on that responsibility right as the pandemic hit. Rather than leading a congregation, I was going in once a week to an empty, empty sanctuary and uh, recording the worship for that week so that everybody could watch it on Facebook Live and, and participate. So I was leading to this little dot on a camera that was in the back of the room. And usually I was by myself. So rather than being on a team, uh, I became the team and uh, <laughs> led those, those services for a number of months. So it was, it was a very strange beginning. And I, with music, there's always, there's, a, there's always a performance element to it. And there's usually people that are there. And you used to have an audience that you're, that's present in some form or another, whether that's in your living room or in a concert setting. And it was very strange. So I was very, very pleased when things started to open up and uh, we were able to hold regular service again. But it's been a, uh, an unusual process, to be sure. I know also the church was having to morph and do things all online. And I'm sure as a performer, what was going through your head when you had to just face that little camera and start singing and you have an empty audience, but you have to play to the audience that's in the what I call the little box. And it's it's challenging. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, as uh, growing up and playing and being being in front of audiences is. Uh, is great because there is during positive in, in, in very positive experiences, you're 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 gaining energy from the energy that you feel in the room. And when you see to be able to look and you see ex- expressions on people's faces. And you you get a response to uh, to what you do, and if they like it, it's that much more encouraging. And if they don't, you're working that much harder to um, to make it better. So so uh, the, that whole interplay and interaction with the people that are in the room was completely missing. So it was almost like I was in a practice setting, um, and uh, and yet preparing to have something that was going to be broadcast at the end of the week. How did you get out of your head? Actually, I tried not to look at the, directly all the time at the camera, but just to think about the fact that people were going to be listening and and I was inviting people who were not yet looking at <laughs> looking at uh, the, the time frame was was uh, interrupted, but still thinking about people as though they were in the room. And and that I was indeed inviting them to worship, and so that helped a lot because then then you're 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 giving a genuine invitation, and you're leading them um, towards looking at um, at at God and um, thinking about 
their relationship with with the Lord, and uh, and that 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 takes you right out of your head. Like that 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 moves towards the heart. It definitely does, and it moves right into our next question, which is, how does your faith play a role in your artistic creativity? And I know it's paramount with a worship leader, but how did your faith figure into all of that? Well, long before I I ever became a worship leader, the the idea of of faith and the background that I had said, you know, I always had a strong sense and tried to remember that it was God who gave me the gifts to begin with. And so if I if I ever was getting a bit self-centered with them or um or doing things my own way or going my own direction. I kind of would have a check mark in my uh, in my heart to kind of look at things and say, well, you know what, is this is this something I should be doing or not? And try to not act as if I was um, I just appeared on the I just appeared on the earth and uh, and could sing. It wasn't like that. I said, well, Lord, you know, you gave me this gift and I I, I better be a good steward of it and better use it right. So, you know, I, I always asked for his leading and uh, direction in what I was doing. And if I got uh, out over my skis or ahead of myself, um, I, I, I would uh, I'd learn some lessons along the way. I had to kind of pull back and re-examine things from time to time. I'm a very social person. I think everybody is, too. And I was looking forward to every Sunday being able to go to church when the pandemic hit. All that was gone. Yeah, we were inst- almost instantly stripped of the of the ability to have connection with others. It changed everything. I mean, uh, it changed the work workspace. It changed. In, in, I mean, working in education, it changed my interaction and being able to. Usually, I'd be observing students in a classroom and interacting with other people. Took that all away, and I'm just you know would be sitting in a space on Zoom. Or another medium, another platform. Um, um, yeah, it really, it really interrupted and um, made it difficult to have the connection that you you spoke. It felt like everybody was within the four walls of their house, and for the first two weeks, that felt great. But then you're thinking, well. My family said, well, it's a vacation. I said, well, yeah, but it's a vacation where you can't go anywhere or you can't do anything. Or at that point, you didn't even know if you could go out and breathe the air. I mean, I remember that point where going, can I even walk outside? Can I breathe it in? Is it something in the lungs? They didn't know. And and they still don't know a lot of it, but it, it's a lot better now. But I, I can just remember what was going through your head when you didn't have any place to go or to worship and you were just all of a sudden stuck in your house. That's a good question. And it was very strange for the same, same reasons that you mentioned, I I believe we're built for connection with others. You know, it's part of who we are as human beings interaction. And uh, as you mentioned, also getting out of our heads and, um, finding out what's going on with someone else besides the things that are floating around in our own brains that when that kind of went away, it really took away. It's almost like losing a sense. Um, you know, people lost a sense of taste and smell with COVID and it was kind of the same thing when you, when you have something that's that important that, 
that, that's gone. So I think during those times, um, I got a lot from the times when I prepare. So if I'm, if I'm thinking about a, a, a set list for that week, I'm thinking about trying to find out what the teaching is going to be about and what scriptures are going to be used and to uh, look at look at songs that that uh, that go along with those things or complement what's being taught and then to take time to play and sing them at home and just worship myself but just to play and to sing and to have my own experience so that when I got into that court you know a cold room with uh, by myself and that like that, that little speck of a camera camera lens um I, I i leaned on what my experience was when i was at home singing my own worship songs to the lord and i was very much the same because this the room that you see me in now was the room for what at least two months or so where it was like and i always mention on the podcast what you do during the, the the lockdown? I said, well, you got up, you went to the chair, to the couch, 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 to the bed, to the chair, to the couch. And and there were days where you stayed in your pajamas, literally. But it, your whole sense of your whole being was up uh, uprooted, up upturned. And what do you do in you know, you and I work 40 hours a week and we're used to getting in the car and driving and going someplace else to work and then leaving all the stresses there, then coming home to a place called home where you can just be different. Now, all of a sudden, home, work, people that no, aren't normally home, pets, they're all together and you got to, this dynamic has changed. And as our church it's a four-square church. What is the scripture that's on the top of our church on the on the altar, which is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? So, in my opinion, he's the only thing that didn't change through that whole time. Yeah, we had to we had to do some major adjusting, and and fortunately, he didn't change and, and knew what was happening, and yeah, we knew where things were going. So that was yeah, that was the only constant. Otherwise, we were constantly changing, waiting for the evening update to find out uh, whether we had to buy a hazmat suit or whether we could go outside or what. Uh, what'd you say? No, I'm kidding. I, I heard you. Um, yes, it is. Uh, a lot to that. Um, well, as far as self-care, I think that if you, whether it's music or any area where any talent or gifting or ability, if you if it lies dormant, unless there's a specific reason for that, um, I think using your talents and your abilities and developing them is self-care. I think it's part of self-care. Otherwise, you're you're letting you're letting something wither, you know, you're letting something fade away and you're um, and so I always found that I, and I still do, I find that when I, uh, when I use the gifts that, that I have, I feel better. Um, interestingly in there's, and there's a physical part of that too, with singing, 
um, that um, I, I noticed, and that is, I mean, with with the body being, it's with you being your own instrument, um, having to coordinate your, you know, focus your attention on what you're doing and using your your really your body properly to make uh, to make the sounds necessary to um, to sing and perform um, have have an impact. I mean, it makes your whole it makes your it, it activates your whole body. So it has to it really activates who you know your your physical your physical body as well. Your, because it involves breathing, it involves um, controlling of breath. You're required to relax certain parts of your body. You have to act, activate your core muscles. Uh, you have to you, you and it causes you to focus on the on the one thing that you're that you're doing at that moment. So everything else kind of fades away. And um, and I always always felt. Uh, personally, and then also I've had the same feedback from students that I've worked with that they have the same experience as well. That there's a there's a real a real energizing and a um, and like a, a refreshing that comes from in this case singing because you're really you're really you know using using your body and. There's parts of it that are vibrating, and you're you're getting your blood flowing and oxygen and all these things. So, so there's a there's a a, a real uh, thing that a health promoting aspect to it as well. Um, so that's the as far as self care, I say just using 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 whatever gift you have is is self care. Um, developing and continuing to to grow in what you have to offer is self care. And then if you can help somebody else with that, for me, that was, <coughs> pardon me, that was um, the times when I've been able to help others who are struggling with their, with their voice or have injured their voice <coughs> or um, have been told that by a doctor or something that they might need surgery and we we find out whether or not that's really true. <coughs> and so um, all kinds of things about self-care. Yeah, I think one part that you didn't cover as much is, is how your art has been healing to others. And I'll, I'll step in and tell you how personally you, you've helped me because I can think about where I am in this room. And when we started our church services in Mind you also, not that it, it matters, but I think it's a big feat to remember that we're, we are a rather small church, number-wise. There's always been a, a power there, the power of the Spirit, mm -hmm. and it was a challenge for all churches, but especially for small churches where, where we mm -hmm. really haven't, didn't do virtual church before, and then we were thrust into this under the leadership of Pastor Michelle, who, who did a great job, is how do you navigate waters where you haven't gone before? And all of us 
took different roles. I can remember I, I volunteered. And the funny thing is at that time, I volunteered to do announcements before we went into the pandemic because I thought it would just be fun or good to get up there and, and give somebody else a different, give somebody else who is always doing it a rest. So right when I did that, then it we plunged into the pandemic. And then for about that two months, I was able to do the audio version of announcements. And then, so that gave me purpose. Right. Working on that, something else to work on. <clears throat> and then also, there you were as a worship leader, worship or singing to physically no one, but spiritually to a whole bunch of people. And the beautiful part about that is, is that <clears throat> those recordings are still live. People can go back and you can find them. I don't know if it's on Facebook or whatever, but it, it lives on in infinity that people across the world now yeah. think about that our church's reach has even gone bigger because of the pandemic. So having that in mind, how do you feel what you've done has impacted other people? Well, in, in this setting, in the church setting you're talking about, I think, I think, um, uh, yeah, it was. It has been a real blessing to be able to get feedback from people in in areas where uh, I think Pastor Michelle would share some of the some of the uh, comments that that came in. And there was a, a gentleman who was um, a pastor in Africa who was started to listen to our our uh, services on a regular basis and. Um, wrote in one time when we had technical difficulties and wondered why why there was no there was no service so um you know you you it's it's uh it's neat to get the sense that you that you, you can lord's lord's using you to touch people in different parts of the states or different different countries for that matter um the other part of it that when you at when you when you when you ask the question um uh that spoke to me was, I think, I think there is something about music, and it can be as as is the case with other art forms that speak to people in different ways. And you know, people will have a, a favorite music group, have a favorite artist, they'll have a favorite uh, visual artist, or um, you know, everything from that to their favorite television show but something something that it that um touches them touches their heart stimulates their mind warms their soul all you know all the things kind of kind of helps helps us in all the all the ways that we're human and so i think um um i think of, of different times when um when you know for me being able to whether that's playing an instrument or or singing, uh, to get feedback that says that it was uh, that something about what happened in the, in that room or at that time touched them to some in some way, and then and and that's can't ask for more than that. And, um, um, and right now, it just off the, off the top of my head, I'm thinking about 
had the opportunity to sing a set of children's concerts with the Long Beach Symphony a number of years ago. And uh, a, a number of the, the students um, that were in the audience from, you know, at different times, I wound up working with them on school sites as well. So to be able to get that feedback from them and, you know, um, and, and, and how, how they were touched by, by what we did and, you know, a combination of the symphony or whether there was a song I was singing or something like that. So, um, yeah, I just think any way that, that, uh, that you can, you can, you can touch somebody's heart, you can, uh, you, you can, you can help them to recall a memory that was, that was uh, a positive memory, um, in worship, allowing them to, um, move closer to, to God, any number of things, but, uh, um, can really impact uh, uh, impact others in a positive way. And as a little bookend to our other question, I always like to ask this question, especially about with people that maybe you're, we are not because we're, we're older than a lot of people, at least I am. I look at technology different than I did at the start of the pandemic. At the start of the pandemic, it was confusing to me a little bit, but now you look at it it's a little bit different. So looking back on it, how do you view technology now? Do you view it different than you did at the start of the pandemic, especially with having to rely on it so much for our church services? Has it changed your opinion? Yeah. Uh, I. Well, it's become, it, it obviously has become that much more important terms of communication. Uh, there are some things that I uh, did not pay as much attention to until the pandemic hit, where I had to, uh, I, being in the field of education, I, I certainly know that, that um, there were teachers all over the planet that had, that were, um, that had to kind of quickly get up to speed with technology so that they could interact with students that they're, that they're supposed to serve. Um, students have, students usually always run circles around the adults anyway. Um, but so, but it required the, it required the teachers to really learn quickly and to step up their game and, uh, interesting process. I'd never done a virtual classroom visit. <laughs> no. So I thought, how do you do that? I'm used to, I want to, when I go to visit a classroom in a school, I want to see, I like talking with the kids and finding out what their experience is like in, in a classroom and to see what, see what it looks like. What's the atmosphere like? Does it look like the kids feel comfortable? Do they, are, are they, are, are they enjoying it? Are they successful? And then to, to, uh, to try and do that by zoom was uh, quite, quite an undertaking, but, but yeah, I definitely do. And I see how um, I think, I think it, the impact, in the church setting um, is, I mean, we do, we just all, everyone had to make, everyone had to move, uh, uh, increase their knowledge and, um, and their, their level of training and ability to use technology to impact their, their congregation and serve them because there are people that, uh, particularly the elderly, those who are, have health impairments, and uh, we're more at risk who can't, still can't 
for, uh, in some cases, come to a physical building. Um, they can still, you know, we want to be able to provide for that, provide a service that they can participate in, even if they're, um, even if they're at home. So, yeah, I think it definitely, definitely made me look at certain aspects of technology much more closely. And I feel what it has also done is it, it added the additional option. Say you're sitting in church and you, you like the sermon or you like the music but you wanted to hear it again or you wanted to watch it again for a long time things weren't recorded so you were like if you didn't get it at that time you'll have to wait till you get to heaven and sit in jesus's lap and what was he talking about and then the lord would say why didn't you take notes and then well i didn't think about that so you can go back now and watch it watch it watch it and and a lot of times, you know, I, I deal with anxiety. A lot of people in our podcast deal with anxiety. And I'm sure um, you, you've you seen anxiety there. Anxiety hits at 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes or 4 o'clock in the morning. And you, you want to go online and see something positive. Yeah, because up, up until that point, unless with the exception of large major ministries that, that had, say, television broadcasts, that were recorded that you could you could you could record at home and rewatch. Um, it was unusual. It wasn't wasn't customary for everything to be recorded. There might be some messages that would get recorded that you know unless. But if you didn't have a copy of it, you're right. You couldn't just you couldn't just go on YouTube or uh, Facebook and and check out what you missed or or if you wanted to hear something over. So yeah, it expanded. Um, the ability to to uh, to listen and uh, repeat and to study. And another thing that I remember I did was, as I was watching at home, you you start tinkering with Facebook and you realize you know say share share this with your friends, and then your then you can watch and it says so and so is joining you, so and so is joining you, and I, and I I don't realize that's what Jesus would want, he would say, broadcast it. It doesn't matter if they, you could say, give them the option. And some people were, that were logging on that I, I never even thought would watch it. But I, but I think what we had was people were, were so hungry for something different or, or interaction. They just, they opened their minds to different things. And here on your end, you could think, well, I'm just talking to a little box with the camera. I have to be in my head to think about the worship that I had at, at my house, get in that mindset so I could portray that to somebody else. You didn't know who was watching. All you look up, you saw that little red light and said that you have 40 minutes to fill and you're like, there's nobody here but me. Right. Yeah. So you do your thing and I was at home doing yeah. the announcements and you think, well, who does that impact? And then you realize that each person was a little jigsaw piece of the puzzle that if there were that person wasn't there, it would have, would have been, wouldn't be a whole picture. And so I think what it did in my opinion, 
from our small church standpoint, which I, I call it small church physically, but it had a lot of muscle spiritually because we had under the leadership of Pastor Michelle, she pushed forward against all odds to move us into a technologically able service that still is benefiting people. That just boggles my mind to think that, well, yeah, you can go physically there, but if you can't make it, you can, it's not an excuse not to go to church, but you, you have the option of, Hey, if you're not feeling well, stay home. You, you can still participate. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, it makes me think of when my, uh, I, when I was growing up in church, there was always the, um, the Sunday when when the elders and and other people that were serving would go out and visit those who couldn't make it to church, you know, those who were shut in for whatever reason. And I thought, well, you know, uh, now they can they can they can. It's it's always good to visit with folks, and they still need connection. But it yeah it made that much more um, that much more available the opportunity to to uh, to tune in and and to participate. And like you said, those two in the morning times when you can't sleep and you and uh, you don't have to find a you know a movie that you've watched for the forty third time, you can you can turn on something that lifts you up and you know. So um, yeah, a lot of there's yeah definitely some good things that came out of it and uh, good uh, definitely definitely taught us uh, what we need to keep. Uh, in our practice as we as we move forward for sure because i also realized that the church became the church more so through the pandemic so it a positive result was we at least in my personal life you, you get get rid of all the stuff that you don't need a lot mentally you deal with all the you take out the trash mentally and then you start from ground zero again. And then you look around your life and you realize what you're thankful for and what really matters. What really mattered during the pandemic was being able to at least see your family, even though they were 47 feet in front of you, at least you could sit and talk and, my family had conversations. We set up doors for three hours. We were we were sat distant, but then you go to sleep that night and you realize, hey, I didn't have anxiety tonight. Hey, I didn't have, I slept. What causes that? Well, interaction, any interaction, any positive interaction. And I'm sure your house too, neighbors started checking on other neighbors oh yeah oh yeah we had a yeah much we got we got closer we definitely um got closer with our neighbors we we had a we had um social visits out on the out in the out on the parkway where we get where we keep keep a distance but we but we uh would set up chairs and just hang out and talk you know it uh gave rise to uh actually more interaction. So I think we're a lot different than we were at the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of the things that we were worried about then or were so concerned about then 
a lot of times I think we felt like we were going to lose it, including your loved ones and family. And I know there's people in our podcast audience that have lost family members. So the COVID-19 is a real threat. It's a real threat. Like my doctor said, he said, it's a threat. It's a real threat. So he even told me, he says, Kevin, it's not if you're going to get it, it's now when because of all the variants. And, but we know as, as believers, or at least we, we subscribe to the Christian faith and that, that became our whole focus. Everything else like sort of melted away and you know, who can make me feel better in my house as I'm stuck here? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ, he can make you, and he did. And I'm sure in your house with your family, they did too. And you look back and you realize all the blessings that happened because of that. And as we bring the interview to a close a little bit, do you have any pieces of advice that you would give out to our podcast audience that you feel would be good to give out? Well, a couple, a couple of things. One is um, I think that there are probably folks out there that, that, um, that may, may or may not have had some church experience in their lives. And I know, um, but for, for one reason or another, <laughs> um, got turned off to things, got um, had somebody that said something that, that was inappropriate or said something that, that uh, made them uncomfortable and it offended them. And so mm-hmm. um, they, they, uh, they distanced themselves from, from the church based on a negative experience. And I totally understand that. At the same time, I think for, I think if, if um, you know checking out, I think the fact that all these that are all these broadcasts are now online, whether it's our church or any number of churches out there, might be it might be an opportunity to to check things out and to realize that there's there's a lot there and and even if even if you had a negative experience with uh, one group of people or a, a person that may have offended you, that doesn't mean that that isn't that doesn't mean that, that God's not real and that there isn't a, a, there aren't other opportunities to take advantage of. And so I think, I think that's one thing that, that uh, in looking in on uh, maybe take advantage of looking in on some of these uh, broadcasts that are out there and find a, find a place where you can visit and, um, and uh, try again to make connections and realize that humans, humans say and do, do, uh, yeah, another analogy I like picture that that, um, that that I think of also Lord is uh, the same is the idea of trying to keep a beach ball submerged. Um, you know, you feel it always you feel a beach ball over there, and the idea is our best. So you're gonna throw it around it, on, a, on the shore, right? Definitely fun. Um, kick it around, throw it around. Folks to do. What we do with things uh, like you mentioned something. Anything that we don't know how to deal with, what matters most is which is our with me, which is your relationship. Fully inflated beach ball. So you you said you and said it, that um, uh, submerging several times. 
very well. And, and then that is that we're trying our we're best to about hold it, it under, keep, it, away. keep yeah. it underwater so it's not going to go back right. more isolated. But every once in a while, we start not finding out unique connections. Our hand moves, not good. It comes up and it smacks us in the face, and then we have to be on your own all the time. If we don't want it to impact our lives, we have to. And so, Put it back down there on the lights. Anyway, that's, that's all that what's always seemed like crucial and important. And I think it's uh, um, I encourage people to, to keep those relationships going and uh, um, find ways to to connect with uh, maybe maybe people that you haven't talked you haven't spoken to in a long time. Maybe there's been some distance. Um, I know that that's something that's happening for me even now. But um, and some people that relatives that I hadn't spoken to and friends that I hadn't spoken to in a long time and I'm getting um, reacquainted and um, reconnecting with others and I think a lot of it had to do with just the time we're in. So I think I think it's uh, it's a good idea to to connect, find something that, that resonates resonates in a healthy way for you. Um, uh, participate. Give some things a chance. Reach out to someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Um, try to try uh, tr- try your hand at being being um, being of service in some way that that uh, maybe you hadn't done in a long time or hadn't hadn't ever taken advantage of. Those are the types of things that that are coming to mind more frequently for me. And what would be the best way for the people to get a hold of you? Is is there a way to contact you through the branch website? Well, sure. They, somebody wanted to, yeah, uh, the branch website, um, branchlb.church, uh, and and I could take a message through there. My also, I'm happy to to respond to emails. Email is d as in David Downing d o w n i n g, the number four at Gmail. Um, one thing I'll, that that comes to mind now that um, that we're going to be doing more of is. Uh, Starting to offer um, classes using the grief recovery method, and initially that may sound like, well, I didn't have anybody in my family, I didn't have anybody pass away that I know of recently, or I didn't have, um, I didn't have a broken, I, I don't have a, any breakup of a relationship. You know, we usually associate grieving and with with uh, the loss of a loved one or a family member, but. Um, what we're what we're finding and what we're talking about in these meetings and uh, gatherings is uh, the fact that we're all grievers. They're they're grief, just meaning any type of any type of loss. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of of a friendship relationship. It could be the loss of health um, to some degree. It could be it could be a death. It could be a divorce. It could be. Um, it could be that you uh, experienced something very negative and you carried that weight around with you for years on end and you didn't know what to do with it. And maybe you had someone to tell you to put, tell you to pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get over it. Well, it's kind of not how things work. And we, <laughs> we're not really good at talking about those type of things. And, and I found, uh, speaking for myself, that you can wind up feeling as though you're carrying around a big bag of heavy rocks and you're not sure why or what to do with those things and so um if you see that's that's one thing that i'd be happy to uh to respond to any requests that people have if they're, they're interested in uh, grief recovery we're starting to do some workshops and um 
and some things that, that really take you through a process um, where you can complete some of those relationships and some of those things that maybe have been uh, frustrating or um, or hurtful for long periods of time that you just never know what to do, never never knew what to do with. So that's another another uh, offering that that uh, we'll have we have uh, starting out at the branch and that I'm excited about because I think it really I know in my own life it's it's uh, made made a major difference and I think it, um, the feedback has been been very positive so far and I think that's what we're going to be doing more of and uh, I think that's something that um, and I believe that there's not there's not anybody out there that hasn't experienced some sort of loss. <laughs> we all have that because we're, we're humans and uh but that's uh that's something we are we're also offering anyway just uh but we if you're if you're in the neighborhood love to have you worship with us and um if you do um or if you just want to send a note do so otherwise if you want to come in please please uh introduce yourself and and love to love to be able to to meet you well sure they somebody wanted to yeah yeah uh, the branch website, um, the branchlb.church, uh, and and I could take a message through there. My also, I'm happy to to respond to emails. The email is d as in David Downing d o w n i n g, the number four at gmail. Um, one thing I'll, that that comes to mind now that um, that we're going to be doing more of is uh, starting to offer. Um, classes using the grief recovery method and initially that may sound like well i didn't have anybody in my family i didn't have anybody pass away that i know of recently or i didn't have um i didn't have a broken i i don't have a, any breakup of a relationship you know we usually associate grieving and with with uh, the loss of a loved one or a family member but um what we're what we're finding and what we're talking about in these meetings and uh, gatherings is uh the fact that we're all grievers, they're, they're grief just meaning any type of any type of loss. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of, of a friendship relationship. It could be the loss of health um, to some degree. It could be it could be a death. It could be a divorce. It could be um, it could be that you uh, experienced something very negative and you carried that weight around with you for years on end and you didn't know what to do with it and maybe you had someone to tell you to put tell you to pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get over it well it's kind of not how things work and we <laughs> we're not really good at talking about those type of things and and i found uh, speaking for myself that you can wind up feeling as though you're carrying around a big bag of heavy rocks and you're not sure why or what to do with those things and so um if you see that's, that's one thing that I'd be happy to uh, to respond to any requests that people have if they're, they're interested in uh, grief recovery. We're starting to do some workshops and um, and some things that that really take you through a process um, where you can complete some of those relationships and some of those things that maybe have been uh, frustrating or um, or hurtful for long periods of time. That you just never know what to do, never, never knew what to do with. So that's another another uh, offering that that uh, we'll have. We have uh, starting out at the branch, and 
that I'm excited about because I think it really, I know in my own life, it's, it's uh, made, made a major difference. And I think it, um, the feedback has been, been very positive so far. And I think that's what we're going to be doing more of. And uh, I think that's something that, um, and I believe that, that there's not, there's not anybody out there that hasn't experienced some sort of loss. <laughs> we all have that because we're, we're humans. And, uh, but that's, uh, that's something we are, we're also offering. Anyway, just, uh, but we, if you're, if you're in the neighborhood, love to have you worship with us. And, um, if you do, um, or if you just want to send a note, do so. Otherwise, if you want to come in, please, please, uh, introduce yourself and, and love to, love to be able to, to meet you. Speaking about living wholeheartedly, there's one final thing that we do with all our guests, and it's called the lightning round. Ready to play? Uh, ready as I'm going to be. Yeah, let's do it. Tom Jones or Luciano Pavarotti? Pavarotti. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Hillsong or Amy Grant? Uh, Amy Grant. Spaghetti or lasagna? <laughs> no, lasagna. Vince Giraldi or Vince Lombardi? Giraldi. Double mint gum or Big Red? Double mint. In-N-Out Burger or Carl's Jr.? In-N-Out. Victor Borga or Victor Fleming? <laughs> Victor Borga. And the best one, praise music or hymns? Uh, praise hymns. Well, Dave, I had fun talking with you. I really enjoyed this. Kevin, I enjoyed it as well. Thanks for asking. I really appreciate it.